Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a speaker, a coach, and a published author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will share tips, tools, and strategies used by our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in their lives. I am on a mission to educate, empower, and inspire you to see that when you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are chatting with Kim Fitzpatrick, and this is just such a powerful conversation. I'm so grateful that we were able to connect and make this happen today. Kim and I actually connected back two years ago. We were both in the Influence book, a collaborative book by Jerry Visca, and we crossed paths and, you know, you follow each other on social media. And she is an entrepreneur and a lifestyle business coach, but there's just so much more to her story. And she really shares it today. And she shares so many powerful nuggets and takeaways. So Kim is the CEO at Jamie and Kim Fitzpatrick Fitness, a social media company that focuses on influencing change in both health, wellness, and lifestyle. She is one fierce mama and of Colby and Tessa, and she honestly dives into talking about how as moms, we have to be that example for our kids and not use our kids as an excuse for doing or not doing in our lives. And how we really, like we are responsible for taking care of ourselves. And I absolutely love that she dove into that. So she's married to her best friend and business partner, Jamie. She's a top business mentor and currently ranked the number one coach in Canada and 12th globally within Beachbody. Kim spent 15 years in the gerontology sector of senior living with both in retirement and long-term care in corporate management roles across Canada before moving into the health and wellness industry full-time. She not only understands how to influence, mentor, and lead, she also prides herself on servant leadership. She's incredibly passionate about empowering others to reach their full potential, live limitlessly, and to live their best life physically, mentally, and financially. And she honestly, she lives and breathes by this. This is, this is really who she is, and you can see it and hear it when you listen to this episode. She has dove even deeper in launching something called Legacy by Kim. It's an online boutique of handcrafted small batch headbands with exclusive prints. This, she believes that legacy is not only something you are leaving behind, it is what you also leave inside others. She left a lot inside in this episode, like affected me. There were many times that I found myself almost stumped because it was so powerful what she was saying. So we talked about the servant leadership. We talked about the CEO mindset and how we have to lead ourselves in our lives. We talked about how she, little tools that she uses about how she analyzes her day and, and looks at what she spends her time and her energy and her resources and really how she leads herself and the reasons why she does that and how powerful her story is. It allows her to show up. She shows up online in a way that I really admire and that she shows up real and shows you all aspects of her life. It's not the case of, you know, follow me, this is it, this is the, the jam and this is perfect. It's not that at all. She's very real and she's very real with us during this episode. So I know you're gonna love it. I would love to hear your takeaways. I would love for you to share this episode and let us know what it is that you're taking away and you're ready to get into action with because that's what she does. She asks you to really take that glimpse, that look at your life and see what changes you can make and you can take ownership of. So thank you so much for your time today, Kim. I know the rest of you are going to absolutely love this episode. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. And today we are chatting with Kim Fitzpatrick. And Kim is an entrepreneur, lifestyle, and business coach. And we actually connected two years ago, I believe it's two, being in a collaborative book together. So I followed her online, and she was absolutely a perfect person for this podcast. So welcome to the show today, Kim. 
Thank you, Marsha. I'm so excited. I love your work. And I have to be honest, when you slid into my DMs, like the cool kids call it nowadays, I was like, yes, a hundred percent. Yes. I would love to help you do this. So thank you for allowing me to be in this incredible forum that you're creating. Oh, you are absolutely welcome. And I, like I said, it was an easy yes for me. I was like, no, definitely your story. So if it's okay with you, we're going to jump in a few questions so people can get to know who you are. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Where are you from? I am from Burlington, Ontario. Nice, nice, nice. And in Oakville. In Oakville. I could just say, I've seen pictures in Oakville, so I wasn't sure if it's Oakville, Burlington. Yeah. I know it's all close. Yeah. Um, I know you're a reader. That is a silly question. I know that because I see it on your, on your stories. So I'm just curious, do you have a favorite book or something that has really created a shift in your life? Ooh, oh my gosh. Okay. Like I'm, I'm giggling right now because I like looked up and I have bookshelves upon bookshelves upon bookshelves in front yes. of me. Um, but I will say that my, my journey really to self-growth and self-love really started about 15 years ago. Okay. And a couple people really weigh heavily as a part of my healing journey, but as well as my learning journey. Mm -hmm. So the first one is um, uh, Robin Sharma. I absolutely love Robin Sharma. I love The Greatness Guide. And I also love the monk that sold his Ferrari. Mm -hmm. um, I also really like Wayne Dyer. I got to give you three books if that's okay. Oh, good. Um, I love Wayne Dyer because these were the three that were the catalyst for my change back years and years and years ago. So Wayne Dyer was Excuses Be Gone. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, my other favorite book is Brendan Burchard, The Charged Life. I think I read that one and I actually, yeah. as I'm looking over my bookshelf now, that's, that's one of his earlier ones, is it not? Yeah, it yeah. Is. and Life's Golden Ticket. So those for me were really the pillars, you know, in my growth game. And I, yes, I read so much. It's a huge part of my life. And see, this is interesting. And I mean, we're going to get a little, of course, we always segue, but you, I mean, I know you're busy. Everybody's busy. I hate that word, but I know you are. So you carve out time every day for reading, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I would like to build up an hour of reading. That's awesome. So, so right now I'm like really good at reading 20 to 30 minutes, mm -hmm. but I will share one of my superpowers is I am a super fast reader. Oh, that I helps. can read a chapter in a nanosecond. And Jamie would be like, did you just read that chapter? I'm like, I did. He's like, what are your three top takeaways? Because he doesn't believe <laughs> that I could read that quickly. So I do have the gift of being able to read quite quickly. Yeah. So my 20 minutes is an astronomical amount. That could be like 80 pages, which nice. is crazy. So for me, it's like I just plow through books um, mm -hmm. and, and devour them because that's one of my gifts for sure. Well, and you probably, you must be super present when you are reading because, you know, if you're the person who is reading and then you grab your phone and then you do this and you do that, like there's no, you don't get anywhere reading wise. Yeah. So yeah. hundred percent. Awesome. Those are get some a highlighter. One of my best tips to stay present when reading is I hold a highlighter mm -hmm. and then I'm able to just highlight the resonating factor and I have a little sticky note. So both my hands are <laughs> occupied. Mm -hmm. Like a pacifier, like babies and pacifiers. Okay, no phone because I have tools. So that is literally what I strap them to. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I need to read now. So because it is tempting, and we live in such a digital era of distraction. So oh, it's huge, really good. And I also actually recommend. I know a lot of people are so about Audible and they're so about Kobo's, but for me, having an actual book to mm -hmm. physically, there is research you know, really just showing when you're physically reading through things and you can mark up your books and read through those books, they really, really absorb mm -hmm. in my, in my opinion, in my experience so much more than just hearing something or, or, uh, or, or, or just like reading it on an audible. That's it's, fun. it's, I do both. And I, I love the audible for when I take my dog for long walks or when yes. I get out for, I do, but there are definitely some books I will buy an audible and I'm like, Oh, getting that one in hard copy. Yeah. Like that one's that just that one, make a note. Cause I want notes on that one. So it's Absolutely. just, yeah, no, yeah. I love both, but I can definitely see that your, do you have a favorite quote or something, a mantra that you use to just brings you back to more of who you are? Yes, 100%. I'm staring at it. It's be the change you wish to see in the world, yeah. Gandhi. Yeah, yeah, because I, I have had that. I've actually had this little sign since I started my career mm -hmm. over 15 years ago. So when I was 22, 23, and walked out of my college, you know, into my career, that was what I had. And I had that 
in my office from that young age of That's just awesome. really wanting to be a change agent. I just didn't know what that meant. So there's a lot of people that wouldn't, um, I think that that's such a powerful quote. Having that from the age of 22 says something about you because obviously that's like, it, it was an anchor for you as an early. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that one because I think that that, that actually, um, I, you ever seen one of those, of course, I can't even think of what it's called now, but though the Mayan 10 bracelets, have you seen the Mayan 10 yeah. bracelets? Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I love your bracelets. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, you guys can't I, see this. Well, <laughs> you can't see us, but we're like comparing our bracelets on the on the, on the Zoom. Um, my mine was be the change because the, to me that's the that's the thing is is that we can be that person. We can we can show up in that way, and that's what can make the difference. It's like, words are only going to take you so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mentor. So do you have a mentor who has impacted your life? Now it could be somebody, you know, or somebody you don't know. Okay. So I have like a thousand or both. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we have a mutual connection with mm -hmm. Jerry Visca who yes. has been such a guide for me. And he mm -hmm. asked me this question and it took me over two days to come back and figure this out. And I'm going to say that my greatest mentor is actually me. I am my greatest mentor. Mm -hmm. um, and wow. I have an amazing support system of incredible people that have rooted me in where I need to grow and need to go. But I've had to mentor and parent and I've had to do that for me. And I'm really proud of that. I think that is a really powerful answer out of all of the episodes I've done. No one has said that. And I just think that, I mean, that speaks to you, but I think there's such a great comment and a great um, anchor to that because if you have, I, I like to believe that our future self is always pulling us through. And I like to believe that there are times when it's like, when I don't know the answer and I feel like if I could just focus on some intuition, what my gut is saying, that my gut message is actually coming from what my future self is saying, like, go this way, go this yeah. way. You can totally do this. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, I'm so rooted in God and in my faith and all, yeah. of course, all those things, but like everything you need is inside of you. Mm -hmm. And often we look so externally mm -hmm. and I did that for you. And wow. you know, so that's something that I've really grown through. I love that answer. Thank you for sharing. That. I love that. Um, what lights you up? Oh, this is my most favorite question. You know, I read a quote about this, not to segue, but I feel like we'll do this the whole yeah. time. Um, is that uh, they said, instead of asking, what do you do? Mm -hmm. What lights you up? Yes. I love that. So that's so cool that you just asked that question. Um, so what lights me up? Uh, I'm going to say hustling for joy mm -hmm. lights me up. Um, I was used to be the person that said I'd be the hardest worker in the room and I would outwork every single person. Mm -hmm. I used to brag about that. Um, yep. and, and I think that that's awesome and great in the season, certain season I am in, was in. But now I think for me, what lights me up is finding joy mm -hmm. and hunting for joy. And joy for me is of many things, right? It's just many things. And I'm excited about that because for me, joy and lighting, what light, what's lighting me up today will, is different than what lit me up yesterday. Yes. But the fact that I'm open to having a lens of joy has changed my whole perspective in everything I do. And it's just, that lights me up. You know, like, yes, we're going for crazy huge goals and yes, we're building beautiful businesses and we have such an incredible opportunity to, to impact people. But if there's no joy, in that hustle, honestly, like then I'm not lit up. And if I'm no. not lit up, then I can't make my mark. And so for me, that being joy filled mm -hmm. lights me up first. I that is a wonderful, wonderful answer because if you're always chasing the dollar, the goal, the I mean, when you get there, what does it it doesn't it doesn't sustain you? Like you don't continue because it's not you're not satisfied. So joy and joy is also coming internally, right? So if you, if you are, again, back to you being your biggest mentor, that makes a lot of sense for you to be um, hustling, hunting for joy because yeah. that's what's guiding you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love, love, love that. So let's talk a little bit about your story, who you are. And yeah, and I'm going to let you just go with it. And then we're going to interject with some questions as we go. 
Okay. So I am Kim Fitzpatrick. Mm -hmm. My uh, middle name is Maureen. My maiden name is Para. And my story actually started when I was in utero mm -hmm. and I was a brand new little speck of a baby <laughs> um, with my heartbeat just forming is when I started to hear about my story. And my mom, Carol mm -hmm. Colby, Para, uh, had just found out that she was pregnant with her third baby and she also was in remission for cancer. So my mom was also a cancer survivor of Hodgkin's lymphoma, and she got pregnant with me, her third baby girl. Um, and on the same day in and around when she heard the heartbeat, she was also told that her cancer had come back and that she had to make a choice to either go, go through with termination of the pregnancy so that she could have uh, treatment and pursue treatment and you know, get healthy and tackle this thing and, and or have me. And she and my dad made a really brave decision to have me mm -hmm. and forego the treatment until I was born. And my mom never came out of the hospital when I was born. She, um, she came home for day visits, but her cancer came back and she passed 11 months after I was born. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, it's like, I would say that being born into trauma and being born into loss and being born into, um, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to kind of explain that because, you know, you don't know what it feels like unless that's your story. And you don't know what it feels like, especially now for me being a mom of two beautiful children and being able to, to raise these babies and be able to have gone through the stages of pregnancy and after like all oh, the things. Oh, I can't even imagine. It's I'm sure that had to bring up. Yeah. For me. So I would say, you know, for me, my, my dad remarried and uh, my, my stepmom, Cindy, who's my mom, who, mm -hmm. you know, took over. We had more children. So, you know, it was raised with lots of kids or five of us in total. So two more wow. kids came along, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I would say that my parents really did the very best that they could. Mm -hmm. But what I will share is that I feel as though I grew up with a tremendous lack of love and a tremendous lack of understanding and a tremendous lack of empathy for what I walked through and my, my other two sisters, but what we walked through with our loss. And I really struggled with that. I feel that I was misguided, misdirected um, in terms of what I mean by that is how I reacted to the world. Uh, I, I was a vivacious, bold, <laughs> flashy girl. <laughs> I always have been. I think I probably came out like that. And, <laughs> and I was minimized a lot my entire life. And that took its toll on me. I will share, you know, I've always, um, I've always strived to be super successful. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, that was based on kind of being in a pack of wolves <laughs> and the strongest survived. And I just wanted to be the strongest. I needed mm -hmm. to survive. And I felt that I lived a lot of my life in survival mode. So as I got those jobs and as I walked through at 13, I had my first job and by 15, I had multiple jobs mm -hmm. and I just worked and worked and worked and worked. I think a lot of that was trying to prove worth. I think for me, a lot of that was trying to say, here I am. I'm working so hard. I'm good enough. You know, I remember a time where I was told if you were better behaved, you'd be easier to love. And for me, that just mm. eroded such an element of my own self-belief. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had to do a lot of work on that mm -hmm. <laughs> over the years. And really what I'll share, and you know, Marsha, I think this is the beautiful part about self-discovery is that, and we talked earlier a little bit about that shame yeah. piece, yeah. is that I just can't have shame. And mm -hmm. I really learned that when I stayed in the dark, the dark grew. <laughs> and when I stay and walk in the light, I can feel my mom and you know, my mom has never left my side. And what I'll share is the aha moment for me, the catalyst when my life started to shift was when I started to let my light in. And I started to realize that I was gifted to be on this life on purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, I had, I, I am a powerful, strong, bold, brave person mm -hmm. that has to make her mark. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what that meant for a really long time, you know, when I had my kids, then, you know, of course you think, okay, this is my reason. I'm, I'm a mom. I, because I didn't feel like I had that. So mm -hmm. I believe that when I first had my children, that's the day that I started to heal because not only was I parenting my children, 
but I had to rebirth myself. Yes. And I love that. So my son is walking into his 11th year. Um, and I feel like I am too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, none of the experience I had went, you know, to waste. I, I, I worked in a beautiful job. I'm a gerontologist as by designation. I love serving others and helping people live optimally. And what I found as I walked through and clawed my way up that corporate ladder, so to speak, because I loved it. Mm -hmm. I also loved it, but it also fed my ego and it fed those gaps <laughs> of you're not good enough. And those titles that I accrued over those from 13 years of age, you know, I've had over 37 titles in my life. Wow. And every single title I feel is a ladder. Mm. And I'm just climbing the ladder of the titles that dictated my worth and those long hours and pouring into everybody else's net operating income and their return on investment. I was the best employee. I would wear someone's mission statement and vision statement on my forehead mm -hmm. and I would eat, breathe, bleed that company's philosophy. I'm a loyal, loyal employee. And what I learned is that I had to start being more loyal to me. And I learned that I had to start being loyal to what my mission was and to what my heart was. And you see, when you're so muddled by corporate, corp, the corporate world and everybody else's agendas, yeah. yours get really lost. Mm -hmm. And mine started to crack on through. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> but that's where, you know, a lot of the businesses in which I, the two businesses that I have the honor of co-founding right now is where those evolved from. It, mm -hmm. it, it came from realizing what I loved. It came from realizing the, the benefits and the beautiful part of my career as yes. an employee, as an employee and, and being a corporate employee. I loved it. Mm -hmm. um, but I also realized that there's a lot of my story and a lot of my, a lot of what I'm really good at was, was muddled, mm -hmm. you know, when I was working and wearing somebody else's title versus my own. Wow. That is a lot. <laughs> There's so many, so many, so many good nuggets there that I thank you for being real and for sharing. And, um, I just, even just to unpack it a little bit, as you talk about, you know, knowing that it's almost like you were always in this constant state of proving your worth. And this is the interesting part, because even if no one else did that to you, that was part of your drive, right? And so that you're able to take that and use those pieces and use it in a different area of your life that feeds your joy, that feeds you more than what it did before. But when you're always chasing that title, that ego-driven title, which we all done, so there's no right, there's zero judgment. When we do that, you're never going to be satisfied because there's always one above it and always rung above it. There's always something else to chase. Well, and the other thing to that, Marsha, is I wasn't chasing a title for ego. I was chasing a title to heal Nice. years okay. and years and years yeah. old. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, you know, I won't get into it, but there was a lot of psychological, emotional and, and physical stuff that happened. So mm -hmm. for me, it just, yeah. it wasn't an okay upbringing. I was the little one that was screaming out to be heard. Um, so those titles for me, mm -hmm. if I'm honest, mm -hmm. were, were my redemption song. Yeah, that's until, until I found the real one <laughs> that was inside of me the whole time. I appreciate your honesty. And I, and I think that I think back into, I mean, we're not in the same, we're close to the same age bracket, but I know I'm going to make a really general statement for a second is that it's really been, I find now like, like counseling support therapy is very much like it's good. Do it. Everybody do it. Like if you need to do it, that's absolutely fine. And it's part of it. But there was, I think, some of the things that I grew up with, and it was, it was almost in a generation of let's not, we don't talk about it. Like we don't talk about, like bury your head, put your head down, work harder. Like work harder, put your head down, work harder. I'm like, yeah, but, 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 like, but this doesn't. Okay, so wait, just let's not feel. Let's shove it down and keep going. And so it becomes this time where, and again, I, same as you, I look at it and go, I think everybody did did the best that they could. There's no anger or things associated with it, but it just was not talked about. Think life was not, there was no room to talk about it. And to feed the shame conversation that we've had, even we had even before we started recording is the fact that the more we do that and shove that down, right? We feed the shame. We feed the story. We feed like with the power doesn't come back to us. It goes back into yeah. that feeling again. And I don't know how, you, you just can't keep piling crap on top of it mm -hmm. and be able to move forward or do something with it. It just keeps feeding it. 
Well, what I found, Marcia, is I was such a victim. Mm-hmm. So I was miserable in so many of my corporate jobs, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I was so unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. And instead of me taking ownership for what I could control, it was everybody else's problem. Yep. Or it was my parents' problem that I had to have this unhealthy habit. No, <laughs> it's not actually at all. No. I'm now, I haven't lived there for almost two decades. Yeah. So uh, maybe three, no, two, two, right? I'm like, how old am I? Yeah, two decades. Wait, hold on. Wait, just a second. Not three. Um, yeah, take it back. Um, but, but you know, so for me, it's like, I think if I'm honest and, and I, I'm excited about the, you know, the viewership that you have. And I, I really hope ladies that you listen to this with mm-hmm. a lens of love and zero judgment. Yeah. But what I'll share from my heart is that it affected my marriage. It affected the way I parent. It affected how I showed up as a professional. It affected how I talked to the leaders that I get to serve in this business with. Because mm-hmm. when I feel that I'm not at that table, mm-hmm. when I'm not invited into the ring because I haven't accepted the greatness that I'm extending, mm-hmm. everything changed for me. So every time I stayed stuck as a victim, I wasn't ex- off. I wasn't accepting that invitation to greatness that I kept trying to shove out to the world. And as soon as you accept that first, because you're worth it and you're worthy and you're capable and you can absolutely, is it going to be hard work? Absolutely. It, it, nothing isn't. But what I'll share is the personal work you do on yourself. It's the law of the lid. I love John Maxwell. If I could have added more books, I would have okay. said that too. But yes. it's the law of the lid. You will only grow whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're any, anything, whatever, it doesn't matter, whatever, it doesn't matter, whatever it does, who cares? Let's throw titles out. But mm-hmm. like you will only grow as much as your business or your life will only grow as much as you grow. Mm-hmm. So if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, mm-hmm. it, you are something inside of you, that joy, that dream, that vision, that, that belief that like, if you are not growing every day as a practice, just like brushing your teeth, this has to become a habit. Mm-hmm. You will stay a victim. And I share that because I was for almost 34 years, mm-hmm. I was a victim of my circumstance in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to walk into my 39th year. And I'm proud to say that there's been a shift. There, mm-hmm. there was a shift. And it was when I decided to take 1000% responsibility for yeah. my own happiness. Yeah. Nobody else is responsible for your happiness. Nobody can come in and do anything for you, including my nutrition, my hydration, my sleep hygiene, my mindset, everything. And when I took ownership to that, my life changed. I just, okay. So you say all the words that I love there, because it's responsibility, it's ownership, it's all of those things. And taking that responsibility for ourselves is when everything changes. And I've had people say, but that's hard. And I'm like, no, it's all hard. Like staying still is hard. Not like you can choose your heart. You can choose whichever heart you want. You know that being stuck and being the victim where that leads you, which is nowhere, (laughs) or maybe this one actually leads you somewhere beautiful. Like you just, you get to choose which one you want. And it's just, sometimes we have to make that, most time we have to make that decision that if we want to be as a victim and that victim mindset, just for anybody listening, it's so easy to fall in that trap. Everything from the words you use to like the thoughts you have, like it's all, it's easy to fall into that trap as a victim. And that's why, like when I named my book, when she stopped asking why, that was the whole reason is because the why had to go. I had to stop asking the word why. Why was a victim question, didn't serve anything, kept me stuck, didn't matter what answer could somebody give me that would have made a difference anyways. It didn't matter. So the why had to go. And every time I, even now to this day, when I say why, I'm like, what, what, what are we going to do next? Because, and I literally, I want you guys to understand, it's the whole, where Kim and I are laughing right now, but it's the whole thing that you have to, like, you have to shift that. No one's going to shift that for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what it sounds like you hit that point where it's like, no, something has to change, right? Something that is so change. powerful, Marsha. I love that. You know, I, I, I don't know there was Ed Milet that said it first, but mm-hmm. right in my book, every single morning, it says, what is happening for you? Yes. So I say that to myself a lot. You know, what is this lesson telling you? What is this? Why is this happening for you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I'll share too, and I, I have no idea where I read, I don't know, maybe you can tell me, but when something keeps happening to you, mm-hmm. it's a sign. It's a sign. <laughs> we have to wait, be awake enough to see 
you know, and, and I agree with you. Why does this keep happening to me? That's the question, right? Why? Well, you need to go write that down. How's that working for you to coin Angela, right? It's like, how's that working for you? Right. How's it working for you? If it's not change it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, and again, you're right. It's so many people will easily roll their eyes and say, you know, oh, that's so easy for you to say. And if I can, I'd love to give an example. So here's, here's like, for me, I could never get up early. Mm -hmm. I was, I would, I would be late for work. I would sleep in. Truth be told, I really didn't love my job. I didn't love working for someone else. I think I, it made me feel micromanaged and small. Um, I think I tried to get away from the controlling factor Mm -hmm. and now all the beacon signs are telling me why I did all. (laughs) I was an excellent employee by the way, but just, I got, I, when I needed to be, I got frustrated. I felt caged. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I learned is I used to say to my husband, I'm like, can you wake me up? I need you to wake me up at five 30. You can pour water on my head. Like we had this running joke. Guess what? I never woke up at 5.30. I would say to him, one more minute. So what I did was I realized that I was putting full responsibility on my husband to wake me up in the morning. Right. I, this, I bet some people are like, yeah, I do that too. And I hope that you take this with a lens again of love and yeah. no judgment. No. But it isn't my husband's responsibility to wake me up at 5.30. No, it's, not. it's not. And it wasn't working for me. So one of the well, things why wasn't it working? Yeah. Why wasn't it working? Because it wasn't you doing it. It wasn't right? me. I didn't want to get up at 5 30 and then right. it was fighting and it was awful. So what I did was I decided the day that I needed to draw my line in the sand, it was in and around four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm gonna put my alarm across the room. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna wake up. And Mel Robbins came into my life and that really helps too. Five, four, three, two, one, go, just go, just go. But all I said was I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. And I got up and, and, and I walked across because as soon as I was up, Mm -hmm. I was good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to this day, if my phone is beside my bed, I smacked the snooze by an accident this morning because it's a habit Yes. because it's easy because it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then you lay there and I had to like get, get up, get up. And I jumped out of bed because I was going to fall back asleep. So for me, you know, I hear a lot of times as well, Marsha, in the line of work that I do, it's like, you know, I, it's so hard, but I'm not ready. I'll do it in January. Okay. But here's the thing. It's like, you're never going to be ready for change because change is uncomfortable. Right. It is. It's uncomfortable. But what I'll share is it was more uncomfortable having awful mornings, being, being, feel like I was, I was respond, I was reacting to my kids instead of being quiet and calm and having meditated and having had time and having to move my body. And that was really, really important to me. Mm -hmm. So it's awesome. It's okay. It's awesome. You, I think that sometimes you have to know what you don't want. You might not know exactly what it's going to look like, but you know what you don't want. And you knew you wanted to create change. Yeah. And create joy in our household. Mm -hmm. And it was not joy filled when I would be dragging my kids, not dragging, but like, you know, running my kids out the door. I'm like trying to get ready, you know, like (laughs) there's no mom stressful. There's no mom listening to this who doesn't relate to exactly what you just said. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that every morning's perfect. It doesn't mean all those things, but you know, for sure, it's just something to consider. Like what's one thing you can change? Mm -hmm. What's one thing you can change? Is it five minutes earlier? Is it, you know, those are the things I try to look at rather than trying to overhaul everything at once. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's one thing you can do tomorrow? Don't wait. Don't wait till, you know, like guys, you're listening to this podcast today. So what's one thing? And then go comment on Marsha's comments of what you did under this podcast. We want to see it. We do want to see it. We want to see this because that's the small, that's your subconscious understanding that you're ready to change. And it just, it, even if you're fighting yourself, I say surrender. Mm-hmm. There are times where I lay on the ground. I'm like, I, I, I surrender. You're, it's you win. What do I need to do? I, it's fine. You know, it's like, what can I be doing here? Yeah. So just give yourself grace and humor in this, in calling, you know, call yourself out on stuff because that's when you really move out of victimhood because you start to have fun with yourself without judgment. Oh, and you have to be able to have, I mean, you have to have a sense of humor about yourself because yeah. like there are sometimes I'm like, really, Marsha, you're going to do it this way again. Like you, <laughs> you've done this, you know what this looks like, you know where this leads you. Like just seriously, this is old habits. Let this go. 
So I want to ask this because I know, I know people who are listening and I know that when we say things, it can trigger people, which is, I'm all good with that because I think that that's how we create change. So many women, and I've had many, even just in this past week, that's easy for you. They'll say to me because your kids are older mm-hmm. or you don't understand because I don't have any of that time because of my kids. I'm like, so mm-hmm. your kids are your excuse not to do something. Mm-hmm. And so how do you speak to that? Cause I know you have a lot of, like we're getting more into your business and what things you're doing, but how do you use that? And as a fuel, instead of as an excuse with your kids and the time commitments and stuff. I love that. <clears throat> I'll be honest with you. When I worked in my corporate job, I was traveling anywhere from 50 to 70 hours a week. Oh, so crazy. when someone says to me, I'm sorry, I don't have time. And as, and we were, I was finishing my degree and they were young and we were also building our second business and all those things that happened. Um, I believe that it's a mirror. Mm -hmm. When you're holding up a mirror, that, that means you are probably judgmental that you've actually maybe had a shower (laughs) or you are, I, I know I sometimes like when someone's already had a shower and has their, she's nizzle together. I'm like, I really need to get it together. Um, you know, but, but it's true. It's very easy for anyone to blame anything in their life. And unfortunately we use the seasons of life we're in to blame the space we're in. Mm -hmm. So if it wasn't your children, it would be something else. Yeah. If I'm honest, let's hold a mirror up. Mm -hmm. It would be something else because I still feel like uh, some days I can't get it together and my children are 10 and eight. Mm-hmm. And so there's a couple of things that you can really say. So for me, one of the things I do, so if anybody in this, in this uh, listening has children and you're, and you're building a business or you want to start a business, one of the things I did when I first started was I, def- I decided a 24 hour tracker. So I actually used to do this in my old business with, or my old career with residents living with Alzheimer's disease. They'd come in and they'd have a life story. They'd say, here's my whole life. Here's what I do at two. Here's what I do at 2.10. I better be watching that show by six o'clock. So I knew oh. we had a 24-hour clock to yeah. make this ease of transition for them. Okay. What I found really powerful was I actually was wasting a ton of my time. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. And if you're mismanaging your time and you're using that in your children as a powerful excuse, a valid, a valid reason, we'll call it. Sure. But we all are, we all have the same hours in a day and it's up to you with what you're doing with that. So Mm -hmm. I'd also hazard a guess you're scrolling on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You're when you could be doing that workout for 20 minutes, because Mm -hmm. I know I've caught myself that way. And when I start to catch the practices of those gaps of time, and you don't have to tell anyone moms and ladies and women, because we just want to honor you here in this space. Absolutely. But I really want to make sure that you are actually having a real hard look at how engaged you are with your children or how busy you are with your children, because mm-hmm. it's two very different things. For me, five minutes of quality time with Tessa is far better than me being in the same room while she watches TV. Yes. And yes. I think you have to give yourself that permission. Because if you're looking eyeball to eyeball with your children and they feel loved, because trust me, I'll tell you something right now from someone who did not feel loved mm-hmm. her entire year, her entire life until I started loving myself. But as a child, it doesn't matter if you're in the same room, if you are not with your kids. Mm-hmm. So do not misplace your presence because you're there mm-hmm. and you're busy and you're folding laundry with your presence of your children. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference there. So I want to encourage you mamas to say, am I having quality time or I'm having have to time? And when you start to have quality time and you have joy in those moments, you also stop being resentful of what you have to do. And if you develop the habits where it's bath time and it's strict and you know what, guys, you put those babies to bed at seven and you have your own time. You need to claim that back. You deserve that. And I'm telling you the last thing I want to share, this is something that's a huge thing for Jamie and it may cause a bone of contention. I don't, we don't live for our children. Our children are not, they are, my, they are out. My kids don't even care where I am half the time. And I say that with huge love because they are joyfully playing with their friends and we're there and we're present and we know where they are and they are safe, but our kids are growing and they're growing because I have a life outside of my children. Mm -hmm. And, but I also love being with my kids. So my kids certainly are not ever fit into my life, Mm -hmm. my kids, but my kids are also not my life. My kids are, uh, we do life together. Yeah. And we do it together. 
And that's the difference. They know why mommy works on her phone mm-hmm. and they know how can I be a part of this today? And then I'm able to have time with my children. So let me tell you, please, you know, when you say you're too busy because of your kids, mm-hmm. I want to ask you, who are you hiding from? Because it is not your children and you're hiding from something that you have inside of you that you're too dang scared to go after because this is what makes it easier for you. Well, I'll tell you something. I only have two children. Like my goodness, I I work with women with four five, six children. And I'm like, you are a a hero, you know, (laughs) and they still are able to do incredible things. So whether or not you are a stay at home mom, whether or not you have one baby, whether or not you have five babies, like your time is important Mm -hmm. and do not minimize yourself and your priority mm-hmm. because it's not selfish. And just because you're putting yourself in your, maybe it's your wellness or maybe it's your love life, or maybe it's the career that you want to chase after. You are not selfish. You are actually gifting your children with the most r- incredible gift. They know that their mama wants something so much bigger and that's important. That's our job guys. We have to model what they're going to learn mm-hmm. and you can have love you can be an extraordinary mama, you can be an extraordinary wife, and you can also be an extraordinary human in whatever aspect of the world you want to live in. Mm-hmm. So my gosh, do not settle. Like, do oh, not. Okay, so we could end it right there because there's like huge, like mic drop. Absolutely loved all of that. And I love that you said that because I know how much you adore your kids. I mean, that's- I not, love them. If they're great. Right. But it's, here's the thing. And I've said this since my kids were little, like they weren't mine to keep. Right? They're not mine to keep. They're not anyone's to keep. And <laughs> that's the craziest thing that you start to learn. Yeah. Oh. I want them to be able to function yes. in the world outside of here. And, yeah. and I think that is so, so important because we want them to build like trust in themselves and faith in themselves and belief in themselves so that when they are out in the world, which can be a tough place sometimes, that they know what their gut instinct is saying. They know how to make decisions for themselves. They know what gives them joy. And this is really, this is a really um, tough, but a really important topic because I think that at the end of the day, and it wasn't, I'll share this really quick thing is that I had a client once who they had four kids and um, the mom did everything, wonderful family. The mom did everything for the kids. But when the kids got, the girl was in her young twenties, she actually had to do, um, really struggled with some depression for a while because she felt her job as a female was to do everything for everyone else. She didn't know. So we actually got involved in this, in this situation and we got involved and, and she didn't know that it was okay to think about herself because she watched her mom who did it with the best intentions. She mm-hmm. totally did it with the best intentions, but she watched her mom for years do everything and never take an ounce of time for herself for anything. So she thought that was selfish. And so even as an adult without kids, she was doing everything for everyone else, but had a full on breakdown at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember the mom saying to me, I had no, this is not what I meant. Like, this isn't what I meant. And I'm like, no, no, it's not your fault. It's, we do the best that we can, but it's knowing that space that we really want to empower our kids that they can do and be and, and step in to create whatever they want. And they do that because they see that we are allowing or giving that space to happen. So I absolutely love that you touched on that because that lesson is important whether you are talking about job, relationships, health, fitness, all of those things, nutrition, all of it, Mm -hmm. all of it. Absolutely. And one of the things I say to my kids every night before I go to bed is, or before they go to bed is I say, you are are greatly loved. Mm -hmm. You can accomplish anything that you put your mind to with a tremendous amount of hard work. Yes. And I will, and I will always support you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, those are the things. And it's like, I will always support you, but it's like, and then I say that to myself too, because you're saying that to yourself. Like, are you supporting yourself? Are you, are you capable of doing, are you really doing what you're actually put here to do? Mm -hmm. Or are you being a victim of your talent? Mm -hmm. You know, like for real. That is such a good, that is such a great point. And I'm going to use that as a segue because I want you to dive into, you are, I know you have built an incredible business, an incredible online business, but I'm going to just hazard a guess that you actually use those same principles when you are building a team, because here's the thing, right? We all know in, in businesses, right? We can't 
we can't handhold, we can't force them to do the work. We can't force people to, you know, I mean, do you know, do you know where I'm going? What I'm saying with that is the fact that that same principle, like you've built a huge team and organization and I'm going to have you dive into that a little bit, but you've also probably had to take the exact same principles that you just referenced when you are building your business. Right. Absolutely. I, I feel like, you know, and it's interesting that we're, we're talking about this and this topic. It's so powerful for me. I would say that the first years, you know, we've been building our online business for just about four and a half, five years now. Okay. Um, so we're still relatively young. I do say that. Um, but I will say that leadership for me has always been something that I've had to do since my first career. You know, when I was 20, 22, 23, I walked into a management role. So for me, I've always had a leadership, a love for leadership. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that, you know, servant leadership is my style. I yes. love, 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 you know, making sure that I'm leaving the world better than when I found it. That's really my motto and my philosophy. And I know that sounds so cliche, but I believe that in leadership as well in my team. I believe that it's my responsibility to empower people, ensure that they're given the right tools, that they're using the tools. I have this funny thing I say, I'm like, don't be a tool, use the tools <laughs> as a joke. Like once, yes. we're, once yes. we're close and they don't think I'm awful, um, you know, but, but I, I will share one of the beautiful parts about the business that I get to walk into is it's a partnered company. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, I can't help you biz your, build your business. I can't build your business for you, but I can help you build your business. I love that. Right? So, so I will help you build your business. So for me, one of the things that I will share, and now I have not always said that. So in the first beginning stages of my business, I really thought it was my responsibility exactly. to hug everybody along, to be that person, that everything for everyone. And as I've grown through my own leadership and my own self-love journey, mm -hmm. I am a different human than I was four years of course, ago. So, of course. so what I'll share is, you know, we lead a team of well over 2,500 people globally. Mm -hmm. And I can't be that for everyone. Really? Right? I can't be every, I can't, I have two incredible children. I'm married. Like I can't yes. do all those things, but I will share that something that you have to learn to let go of mm -hmm. because you have to trust in your systems and in your processes. And I think for me, what I've learned is like, listen, if somebody wants to build a business, they will go build their business. Yep. Whether you're with them or not. And true leadership for me is watching our team be built without us having to, to tug them along. Absolutely. So my, my mantra is really to be a lighthouse. I actually, I, my grandmother may pass out if I get another tattoo, but if I were to get another tattoo in my compass tattoo, I would put a light lighthouse at the top Yeah. at the North star, because I believe that my job is to be my guiding compass first Mm -hmm. is to be the lighthouse in my own life first. Yeah. And, you know, guys, just like in the airplanes, you know, when those oxygen masks drop, if you're not oxygenating yourself first, you will die. Mm -hmm. You it will. Won't, it won't and matter who you're trying to save if you die first. It won't matter who you're trying to save because you are starving yourself from oxygen. Mm -hmm. The same goes with leadership. The same goes with entrepreneurship. And it's really, really important to understand that. So there's a couple different ways that I do that. And I put my oxygen mask on first. I meditate. I prioritize my top priorities. I also give myself a 24 hour window to respond back to people instead of living in the world of instant messaging. Yeah. You are not a human doing, you are a human being. Mm -hmm. And I used to stay up way too late and get up way too early responding back to people and being in their own inboxes before my own because I thought that I had to do that. And that was an employee mindset versus a CEO mindset. So Huge. as soon as I adopted, a CEO mindset where we talk about having the freedom of your time. You do not have freedom if you're still a slave. No. So do not lock yourself in, make your, make your boundaries and you have to figure that out. You know, does that mean that sometimes it may even be 48 hours before I respond to that message? Yep. And mm -hmm. that's okay. And that's been a lot of a, of a shift for me, um, you know, from a, from an excellence and customer service model, you're still supporting and you have to remember that you are one person mm -hmm. and we try to do everything and then we burnt it, burn out and it's overwhelming. And I'll share the last thing I want to share is you need to remove the word overwhelm because if you're giving people permission to say I'm overwhelmed, then you're actually allowing that emotion, which is a feeling overwhelm is a feeling. Yeah. It's not it's not reality. Just, and you, yeah. you need to remove that from, from, from leading and building a business. 
you know, so it's get organized, make a plan, proceed with your plan and be flexible in your methods because as everything, nothing's going to go according to your plan. <laughs> oh, so, geez, no. <laughs> so just please be flexible. So I think for me, that's one of the things with the leadership perspective is like, you can't control people. Mm -hmm. You can't manage people. And the other thing I really would say would be super important is to manage your own expectations. One of the things I had to stop doing is expecting. That's why I kept getting let down mm -hmm. and why people in my life kept letting me down and making me feel the way I allowed them to feel. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that beautiful saying, don't, don't you dare let people walk across your beautiful mind with their dirty feet. Yeah. And that same goes in entrepreneurship, the same goes in business. And what happens is we end up walking ourselves through our own dirty mind, our own mind with our own dirty feet at the end of the day when we think that we didn't do enough. Right. And we think that we didn't get enough done. But what I do do every night, I do a data analysis of my day. And I say- What does that look like? Tell um, us. Yeah, I will. So the first thing I say is, would I have joined your team today? Mm. How I showed up in my social media, how I showed up in my inbox, how I responded, would I have joined my team today? The second thing I do is I go through this very short list of did I recognize, was I a resource, was I real, and was I relatable? And if I can check all those boxes, then I know that I've done my part in continuing to move my storefront forward because I'm my storefront. As an online business owner and operator, I'm my storefront. And if I'm not showing up every day, which I have for 1400 days and 1487 days, I have never not shown up. And when people tell me things aren't working, I ask, how hard are you working? Mm -hmm. Because you will get out what you put in mm -hmm. of every single thing in your life. So much. There's <laughs> just so much you said. So good. So, so good. And I think you, one, one thing that really resonated with me, a couple things is the fact on boundaries and knowing like that you don't need to answer all the messages, right? Like if you go out of your way to answer every single message, as soon as it comes through, it doesn't take long for people to expect that that's how you respond. So I love boundaries. Boundaries is one of my gold topics I love to talk on, but it's the fact that we teach people how we want to be treated and we are teaching them to how to run their business too, right? It's just replicates into everything. Totally. Yeah, Absolutely. Into everything. That is a great tool about the data analysis at the end of the day. And I love that. Like recognize real resource relatable. And was there one more? Was that, was that? Yeah. Was I real relatable resource uh, and, and recognize. recognize yeah. Who did I recognize? So again, pouring out your light, shining a light on someone else, sharing, mm -hmm. shining a light on another woman, or like for me, that fill that lights me up, yeah. right? If I'm here to build community, how am I showing that and modeling that? Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. You've taken that and I know you have now launched a second business, which I've watched take off. So tell us what the second business is. Yes. Well, I told my story in the beginning mm -hmm. um, with my mom who we lost on November 11th, 1981. So Remembrance Day, just before we recognized those people that gave their lives for us. It's a very yeah. hard day for me. I'm sure. Um, never, ever I can't even ever get through it with even saying that. Um, so I, my whole life, um, have strongly believed in legacy. Mm -hmm. I believe in legacy. My mom left a legacy that ripples so far past, you know, her body. And I will still be stopped on the street in Oakville by elders of her church that say, mm -hmm. I know your mom. You're just like her. Or I will be stopped by my mom's best friends that helped to raise me when she was sick. Mm. They said, I held you. I loved you. Yeah, Your mom loved you. That's beautiful. So legacy for me is far greater than what you leave externally. It's what you leave inside of people. And when I started to figure out who I am and my voice and the impact I need to make, I knew I wanted to do something that could give back to community. I knew I needed to make a mark in the world where a lot of people are living and, and, and growing through cancer. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I knew always that I loved headbands. 
So I, for 10 years, have wanted to have a headband company. I've mm -hmm. always said, I want a headband company. I want, I love fashion. I love that. So who I am, that's what I love. And I had the, a beautiful serendipitous moment a year ago where I was sent the most beautiful headbands by a Canadian made mama. You know, she's through, she has three girls through our three, two boys and a little girl. And she's like, can I send you these headbands? And I put these headbands on, I shared them on social media and it just went banana cakes. And, mm -hmm. you know, I fell in love with the headbands and I fell in love with Jessica Anderson, my co-founder, my co-creator with me of this company. And we started to talk and I, I told her my vision. And I said, you know, I have been looking for almost four years for somebody to partner in this with me. And she closed her shop down that day and oh. we opened Legacy the next day. Seriously? Yeah. So that's like, it wasn't a, hey, this is a good idea. This is an all in, all in. Yeah. Wow. We were all in with each other. And I had asked awesome. six people. I started six, I interviewed six people. They didn't know I was interviewing them, <laughs> but I was interviewing you. <laughs> and anyone listening to this podcast, I'm sorry, you were good enough, but it just was the spark. And, <laughs> and that's, <laughs> you know, that's, awesome. that's where it came from, right? I've tried hundreds of headbands, but it was the right fit the right person, mm -hmm. the right energy. And we are just so committed. So our legacy is our company. We have, we launched in July of this year. That we was it. That, that wasn't even that long ago. Okay. July, July. We, um, we have, we are a boutique, small boutique operator, mm -hmm. um, uh, legacy by Kim.com. And we absolutely love, love, love to, you know, provide amazing headbands. We do do, we do launches every month where we actually do new lines. So you only get what you see is what you get. They're small quantities. Yeah. Um, and we've sold out almost every time um, because of the mission also behind it. Um, because we are so rooted in legacy, we mm -hmm. also have a component where we do give back. So we also have a nomination and gift to headband program. We've yet to date, we've given out 68 headbands oh. to women that are living with cancer. And, and we also have given out to children as well. Um, so their story is reigning through and they have a chance to live their legacy too um, with our legacy card and feel beautiful mm -hmm. and you know have my mama didn't lose a lot of her hair she just lost the back right hand right part but her hair was so important to her and her mm -hmm. feeling beautiful was important to her so that's beautiful I, I i actually have ordered them i do love them they're beautiful like they are very great they're great material absolutely love them but they come packaged the whole card it's just beautiful i love the whole give back part i think that that again is allowing people to just think outside of themselves again like legacy what can we pass on to someone else and show someone else that we are thinking so i i mean i love it and i think it's great that you stepped into this space i mean so i'm sure i can't even imagine how much more that adds to your plate but i'm sure it fills you in a way joy wise oh. that it's totally worth any other like it's, it's the best yeah it's and we have yeah. a team right we have the legacy team and it's so fun so we've got you know we've got people that help us we have uh, four employees in our little organizations we're doing and it's yeah. amazing and it's, it's awesome we don't need much more than that we truly are small business entrepreneurs um but very successful ones you know my husband and i have built uh, multi six figure businesses. We're well on our way to wanting to build multi million dollar businesses and awesome. teaching and training people how to do the same. Um, it is hard work. I will never, ever, ever not say that, but it's the best kind of work. And it's heart work. It is so hard work. You gotta find your heart work because mm -hmm. then the hard work doesn't feel like hard work. That's a great line. Can you say that again so people can hear that? Yeah, it's the heart. It's the heart work. Mm -hmm. I'm doing heart work. And that's the stuff that doesn't make the work hard. It doesn't make the work hard. I don't think, I think that, um, I, I, boy, you've stumped me, but I think that the, uh, which is great because it's actually not easy to do is the fact that some people don't even know how to get into heart work. They don't know what lights them up. They don't know that. And I think that's because they just go through and don't even ask the question. And when I'm giving some talks, when I'm involved, we talk about some of these things about what drives you and what your heart wants you to do. Like what gives you, and you can see people going like, I, I don't know. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what it's like. They haven't really even looked at the word joy or figured out where it fits in their life. Or maybe that's just not for me. That's for somebody else. I think it becomes so easy to just discount it as part right. of their, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting, right? It's also, it also hurts. Mm -hmm. So, so, so I'm sorry, guys, there's no getting around that ladies. Uh, it sucks. And there's weighted blankets and chapters now that I'd like to buy. Um, but it's also the great kind of hurt. Right. And I think for me, it, it, to stay stuck also hurts. It's, it's all hard, so, right? We're back to choosing our heart yeah, again. Yeah. Choose your heart and, and embrace that. And, 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 you know, be, be okay with, I, I t- I'm telling you right now, I only in the last six months have stopped telling my husband that I'm learning. I'm still learning, but I don't tell him it every fifth line yes. because of how I reacted to him yeah. or because I got frustrated and I'm learning. I'm learning. It's so good, right? To, to be able to cast that out. Yes. And to use that as an excuse, mm-hmm. you can only learn for so long until you put it into action. Yeah. So your heart work won't happen until you actually get over yourself and you start to do it. And that's what I had to do. I had to look myself in the mirror and say, you are not as important as you think you are to the external world. You're yeah. more important to yourself mm-hmm. and you're buffering everything. So stop buffering. Wow. So much gold in what you're saying there. And I love that you are sharing with people lessons that you have actually lived. This is not like, like, boy, this talk sounds good. This is actually like work that you do. I know that and I can understand and relate to that. And I I appreciate you being so real for people to hear that because I think it's important. I think that again, back in social media, right? We can be this and see this online and it looks so easy and it looks this or it looks that, but you've definitely been somebody that I've noticed like you share real, like you very much share real. Now what, let me ask you that then from being showing up real and showing that real side to yourself on stories, on social media, and really you've gotten into, you've shown a lot of hurt today in in this conversation. I appreciate you for doing that and the purpose of your business and how your kids fit in and legacy and all that you've shown all that heart. So as you show up in the world in that real, as that real Kim Fitzpatrick, how has life changed for you because you've allowed yourself to do that? My life has changed in the most incredible way. I'm no longer triggered. Um, by things that I used to be triggered by. I liked that word you used earlier because it's, yeah. it's true. Um, I choose not to be triggered mm-hmm. uh, because I've given myself tools to be able to handle myself. Yes. And the way that I have changed is because I started to parent that little girl inside. And she's safe and she's good. And, you know, we're all worthy here. And, you know, the biggest change for me is I go to bed every night so happy and with such joy. And that, that's living well. Mm -hmm. Because I used to spend years crying myself to sleep. Wow. So knowing where I've grown and knowing that I'm truly doing the best I can, Mm -hmm. I actually think that it's, sometimes I actually think it's a shitty thing to see. I don't think it's the fair thing. It's okay. I don't think it's a fair thing to say that people did the best they can because I'll tell you right now there are people that walked in my life that did not do the best they could, mm-hmm. and I actually think maybe I'm being kind to some people um, because I go to bed and that's the difference, guys. You know whether or not you did the best you could. Mm-hmm. That's my difference maker. Wow. I'm now no longer saying I just did the best I could. Yeah. No, you did not, right? Because. <laughs> But in that same breath, on the days that you didn't do the best you could, you give yourself grace, Mm -hmm. you take the lesson, and you look for the failures. Because when you look for the failures in your life, instead of judging them, you are free. Your Mm -hmm. truth will set you free. Instead of judging them. I love that. I'm free. I'm free. And that's power. Massive power. Massive, massive power. Honestly, I absolutely love that you shared that. And there's so many nuggets that you shared that I could obviously keep talking to you for a very long time. I want to be respectful of your time, but this has just been so cool. I do need to go pick up my kids. Yeah, I know, right? and I don't want freedom. to. Freedom. No, it's okay. That's the freedom. <laughs> I get to pick my kitties. 
I yeah. know. Well, so tell, where can people connect with you? Where can they find you? Yes. So come find me on Instagram. I am at underscore, or no, I'm not, not underscore, at Kim underscore M underscore Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. And you can find me at legacy, www.legacybykim.com. You can find me on Jamie and Kim Fitzpatrick Fitness dot com and you can find us on facebook as well and yeah kim fitzpatrick fitness my gmail so i am here i am here for this we will make sure all of your information is there and it's definitely you are somebody that people i encourage to follow if you really want to know how to show up real in the world i love i love how you do that so i'm gonna be respectful of your time and wrap up with a couple quick questions okay you what impact and I think you've said it, but I just want you to summarize it. What impact do you want to leave in this world? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would love to leave the impact that you are allowed to lead a a life of love Mm -hmm. and you are allowed to lead a life on your own terms. Nice. And I hope that I have shared that an impact I think comes from just being who you are. I think a lot of people think, who am I? I'm not epic. (laughs) I'm not any of those things, Mm -hmm. but but you are. And I think when I decided to show up just as me, Mm -hmm. my impact started to ooze out because the impact is inside of you already. It's already there. Everybody's a trailblazer. Everybody can be all of those things. So the impact I hope I make is giving every single person the key to unlock what's already inside of them. Mm-hmm. allowing them to see it that's beautiful yeah. that is absolutely beautiful last question what lesson in life are you most grateful for cool. um hmm. i it took me a long time to not feel abandoned mm-hmm. it's okay i think that is my greatest lesson is to know that I've never been alone. Mm. But we isolate ourselves. See, this we, is hard. Yeah. It's okay. Go ahead. It's okay. Um, but it's I a love, good thing. It's yep. so good because we're not alone and we make ourselves be so alone and we make ourselves cold and we make ourselves hard and crack that open, guys. Just crack it open. Because you abandon yourself more than anyone else abandoned you. Mm -hmm. And when I learned that, Mm -hmm. that's been my most powerful lesson and what I'm most thankful for. You know, I wasn't abandoned. I, my mom did more for me from up above than she could have done here. Oh, I just, I am so, so grateful that you shared as much as you did. And thank you for saying that. I think that that is a very powerful message for, and you know, your mom is watching you anyways. Oh yeah. She's over top, yeah. right? I love that. She's right here. She's right here. Yeah. She's right here. She's working all over the place. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you know what? In, in which you didn't, people didn't hear. We had a great conversation before we even started about shame. And when we are in difficult times in our life, it, for whatever reason, the first response we have is to hide. Our first response is to try, I'm doing it alone. Like I'm going to be strong and do life yeah, alone. Right. And no one's going to know that I'm weak and no one's going to know that I'm struggling. But the shame that we're feeling, we're creating that. Like we are creating that ourselves and by allowing ourselves to be seen and to do that, um, we realize like we just, we're not alone. Like we're doing that by trying to be in isolation. So we're not alone. We're definitely, definitely not alone. And I just, I cannot thank you enough for everything that you have shared today because it's just an incredibly powerful episode. And I know that there's going to be a ton of takeaways from people. So I just want to thank you. Thank you for showing up the way that you do. Thank you, Marcia. My mm-hmm. pleasure. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And cannot wait to pass this, this podcast on to everyone. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Until next time, remember, when you own your choices, you truly own your life.